Hello, welcome to Watch Rotation episode four. I'm Joe. Uh, this is Merrick. Thank you for listening. So Joe, how are you doing, man? Pretty good. What's going on with you? Um, you have anything, anything going um, on with your collection? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I just got a new Reverso, um, and it's one of the Grand Thai cases, single dial. Um, single dial, nice. Single dial, yeah. Going back to the roots of the Reverso. Um, that applies to many watches. Honestly, I much prefer the Duo models because I feel like it adds way more functionality than just having a plain case back on the other side. But anyway, uh, what's up? What's new with you? You have some uh, stuff going on? Yeah, I have a bunch of uh, of shitter watches coming in. <laughs> you want to tell us what they are? Or? Uh, no, we'll, we'll talk about it when they come in. I, I think we'll start doing that whenever we get stuff in. We'll do like a brief little overview. And we're pretty detached from um, just saying good things about a watch because it's new to you or because you just bought it because um yeah i mean i, I think we hate most watches so yeah no uh the honeymoon period for me lasts like three seconds and then i'm like i start getting really critical about a watch um, so yeah. if i like a watch long term it means i really like it um yeah. and i've already owned these watches before so it's not really that big of a deal i already know exactly what i'm getting into you know it's funny um what's funny a lot of people compare the like tank basculant to the reverso just because you know it's a reversible case and i posted a photo of both of them on my instagram mm -hmm. and a lot of people were just like pointing to the right as in pointing to the reverso or saying oh i much prefer the reverse i'm like i didn't ask any of you this <laughs> i already know the cardi is better but I that's okay i prefer the reverso as well i'm not a huge <sighs> fan of cartier i mean they use it's it's very it's very dressy and it's it's for a certain type of person and that person is not me yeah, I, I guess JLC is a little bit less dressy, considering, especially these two models. Uh, JLC is, like, right on the border of, like, the sportiest a dress watch could be and the dressiest a sport watch could be. And I think it's perfect for, for someone like me and for a lot of people. It's, like, if you want a dress watch and you're just into, like, sport watches, it's, like, the perfect watch to buy. Most JLCs. Yeah, they they tend to be like a nice balance. I mean, I think the Reverso can be anything to anyone, really. You can wear it in any kind of occasion. But I think the same kind of applies to the Cartier, especially like I have I have it on like a blue ostrich strap. It's pretty casual to me. Um, mm. Like wear is, with like is, a. Is that a real sapphire that it has on there? Um, it is, is but it's it's not like a it's it's man made sapphire. It's not like a real sapphire. Okay, um, and it's not but, it's not faceted. It's just it's just like a little uh, like a little um hump i don't know what you'd call it yeah it's like a it's like a it's like a shape it's an stone orb. yeah yeah um you you kind of pull by that by that tab to pop it open okay yeah anyway um yeah so um what are we talking about today so today we wanted to talk about some of um like the watch dealing etiquette sort of things to do things not to do and we sort of have a list of topics we want to discuss yeah. within this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this, this is like, if you're trying to buy a watch from someone or trying to sell a watch to someone, what is the way that you're supposed to conduct yourself? If you don't want Merrick or myself to tell you to F off, <laughs> which, which we do about what, three times a day to various people. Yeah. Approximately. I think I'm a little bit more aggressive than you are. 
Yeah, I think you, you get pretty, you don't deal with people you don't want to deal with. And I think <laughs> I, I tend to tolerate sort of a whole lot more of nonsense before I tell the guy to just like, you know, um, get lost. And I don't even do that. I just, I just stop talking to them. It's yeah. like, this is not worth my time or I'll tell them. <laughs> so I have a really fun thing I do when people lowball me. Have I told you about this? I don't think so. Yeah. So like, let's say I'm selling a watch that's like $2,000 and they'll message me saying like, how about 1400? And they'll, or they, usually these lowballs come as like just a number. They'll say like 1400 question mark. And I'll reply to them saying like, oh, thank you for your offer. Really appreciate it. Um, I can actually do 1200 for you. And I sign, you know, like regards my name. And dude, they keep messaging me for like weeks after saying like, oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. And like, how can I pay you? It's, it's like the most hilarious thing ever. I think everyone should do that when they get low bold. I think it's just fun. Okay. So this is, this is maybe not buying and selling etiquette for, um, Let's see. This is a practical guide. <laughs> it, it's it's not the most correct way to do things. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> this is a way to sort of live. This is a way of life for me. Um, I yeah. think, uh, you know, a lot of these things are actually sort of things that are, you know, like common courtesy. Um, and we can kind of, you know, talk a, lot, a little bit about like tactics when it comes to getting a watch that you want as well. I, I just have like this one rule that I kind of live by. All right. So what what do you do? Let's say you see a watch that you want. Um, okay, let's say it's a Reverso and it's about, um, I don't know, it's listed for a normal market price. What, what do you do in this scenario? So hold on, is this a watch that I like really want or is this a watch that I'm just kind of like, oh, you know, if I can get a decent price for this, I'll get it. No, let's say, let's say it's a watch you want. Uh, what are you gonna do? Um, so, Depending on the rarity of the watch, like if that's the only place I can get the watch from, um, I have this rule that's essentially like one offer rule. So whenever someone kind of has a price listed, I'll message them like, hey, um, sort of I'll either ask, what is the best that you can do on it? And, you know, with all seriousness of accepting the offer that they already have it listed at usually, or um, just asking, will you accept this number? And that number, you know, for a watch that you want should be reasonable. Um, and that's kind of hard to gauge sometimes. Um, if a watch is already priced very fairly, then, you know, something like just a couple hundred bucks even can, you know, be the maximum. But if it, the watch is a little bit on the higher end and you've seen some cheaper ones in the past, you probably might have a little bit of more of a wiggle room. Um, and uh, I think, you know, it's like I make that one offer then that person comes back with an offer. And if that offer is any lower than, you know, what the original price was and, you know, it's acceptable, it's a fair price, you have to take it. As in, if you really, really want that watch, you should not negotiate further because that's just going to sort of turn that person off. And, you know, in my early days, I've lost out on watches as in I wasn't able to get them because the person just kind of like got fed up with my negotiating. Um, and oftentimes you, you have two, three times to make an offer kind of going back and forth, but people just don't like it. Um, I think it's just so much cleaner to get the watch with the one offer rule and that kind of move on, yeah, especially I, when, yeah. I mm -hmm. think that, um, I think that that's like the best case scenario if you try and do that sort of thing. So if they have it listed for like 4,000 and you know, you, you throw them like a, 
let's say you throw them like a $3,600 offer and they'll mm-hmm. come back with, Hey, I can do 3,800. I think that's a good p- point to seal the deal. It goes smoothly. It's quick. There's no BS. Um, and yeah, that's you're the not, sort really of offending, mm-hmm. not really offending people. The one thing that you said that I definitely, um, I don't do this ever and I, I don't necessarily agree with it. And also if, if you're on the other side of the fence, so if, if you're, um, if you're selling a watch and someone asks you to do this, I recommend mm-hmm. that you, you never really give into it, but um, is asking someone what their best price is. Because, mm. I mean, why would you, why are you going to negotiate against yourself, right? So if someone, if you're listed for 4,000, let's say, and someone asks you what your best price is, I mean, your best price is 4,000, is it not? Yeah, I mean, We've heard that response from one of the people you've dealt with in the past. Um, like my best price, my best price is the highest, or something like that. Um, I think that's a dick move to say something like that. I usually don't mind when people ask me like, "What is your best price?" I think they're just trying to gauge how much flexibility I have. It's the same as as if someone asking me like, "Are you flexible on the price?" You know, I prefer um, I prefer people ask that. So that's that's actually my preferred strategy when I'm buying anything on the internet mm-hmm. uh, from a person not like Amazon. Cause you can't usually negotiate <laughs> just email them. I was like, do you have any flexibility? <laughs> um, but so I'll, I'll usually message someone and say, Hey, are you firm or flexible on the price? Because that at least gets them to start thinking about, you know, this person's interested and you know, am I going to accept an offer? Am I going to be firm on my price? So if they say firm, regardless, pretty much regardless of the item, regardless mm-hmm. of, like what it's priced at, I will not buy it unless it's something that's like very, very cheap. If they say flexible, then, you know, I'll, I'll throw out an offer usually. Yeah. I, I mean, see like, so yeah, th- that's where we're different. I don't mind people asking me what is my best price. Cause usually what I'll do is just, um, give them like a, a small discount. So I think they feel a little bit better about the deal. And, and um, you, you know, usually they will like either take that or counter. And if they counter them like uh, too low, then I'll just say, sorry, I can't do that. That's sort of yeah, so, how I do it. So the little incentives that I'll use in that scenario is um, I, w- I will deduct maybe like a little bit and I'll try to make it personalized for them so that they feel special because it is, it is nice to have someone on the other end that you feel like it is going to work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'll do is maybe I'll take 50 off just because that's like pretty much nothing usually. Or if they're local, I'll say, well, here's the deal. If you can come and do a local deal, I'll take like a hundred bucks off. Uh, Cause that's obviously easier and, and you're saving on shipping. So I'll tell them, um, you know, I'm saving on shipping costs at that point. So I'll deduct this much off. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, do you often do in-person deals? I, I try to, if it's, if it's possible, it's easier for me. And um, you don't have the, the um, PayPal transaction. That's sort of just hanging over your head for 180 days. If you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, I like doing them too. I've actually, I I like doing them for the social aspects too. I really like meeting oh, uh, like certain that. people. <laughs> it depends who it is. I mean, most of the people I've met uh, were really great to talk to. And, you know, it, a lot of times it turns from, you know, a half an hour Starbucks meetup to us, you know, sitting there for like three hours just talking, you know, shooting shit about random stuff. Yeah, I've had a couple of those happen, but I've also had a couple of times where people are like a little bit skeptical. And they, um, you know, they, they've maybe never done a deal before or something like that. Yeah, I can, rem- I can recall a few of those too. I was selling actually an IWC split chronograph and the guy didn't think it was real. I'm like, 
Yeah, you can't fake that movement. If you fake it, then uh, it's basically real anyway. Just buy it. Yeah, I don't think he really understood that, like, if the split second actually works, that it's, you know, like, very much so 100% real. Yeah, it's like, I don't think that movement has been faked, you know, and it's sort of like people don't, don't know this stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I th- so there was another scenario uh, or another little incentive. So with PayPal fees, uh, and I think we're going to, we can talk about this immediately after, but um, you should always be using PayPal purchase for goods and serv- or services instead of yes. PayPal gift. We'll talk about that I immediately agree. after this so we don't forget. But um, so that's another little incentive. So there's like shipping. You could potentially um, say, hey, like I'll cover the shipping. I'll cover the PayPal fees. So th- that's that's like, um, you know, usually maybe 60 to 100 bucks, 60 to, um, yeah, yeah, on a $3,000 watch, you're looking at about 100 bucks. So I'll say, hey, just I'll cover PayPal fees and you can send me the advertised price. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'll cover shipping also, which I, I always do. Uh, that's yeah. obviously included. In, I've never had anyone that charges extra for shipping, I don't think. Yeah, I think as far as shipping goes, I think it's just nice to include it in the price. And then I think fees, it's like, you know, do that separately so that there's no confusion or, you know, so then you can actually use it as like, you know, a little incentive, like you said. Yeah, um, so with PayPal fees, I've had a lot of people lately that, that are just complaining about paying fees. So it has always been a standard on the internet for me when I purchase anything that the price negotiated is the price that the person is going to receive. Is that is that not what what the agreement is? Un- yes, correct. Unless uh, the listing states PayPal fees included. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've seen a couple of those recently, but so I have people that so a hundred percent of the time, if it's never brought up, they will just send you the money, and basically you're um, you're going to be out on the fees. Like they they will not compensate yeah. for the fees in their payment. And I'm sure that's done on purpose because if you don't mention it, they might think that you're, you're not thinking about it. You don't realize, or obviously they're going to try and do what's cheapest for them. Right. And I mean, I've had that happen. And uh, so from then on, I would always say like, you know, this is my best plus fees. Um, Yeah. So I will, I will always bring that up and say like, Hey, you didn't pay me fees. And that's part of the agreed payment. And usually those people that are trying to pull like a quick one over on you, they will come back and say, Oh, um, you know, I, I don't think I can do that. They're the may complain. And then with those types of people, I pretty much always end up splitting the fees because I mean, they're, they're the types the of fees. people that will break a deal over that in my experience. Yeah. I mean, I've eaten fees quite a few times because I forgot to mention it. So now I tend to do that. And, and, you know, gladly most people understand that it's plus fees. Um, you know, especially since my listings are always worded that way. It's like this number plus fees and shipping within U.S. included. Yeah, I, I don't mention yeah. it in my listings, but I probably should start. But it, you probably it just, should. It just clutters. Like, I don't know. I just like to have an easy experience. And I, I want everyone to just like if someone is easy to deal with. I mean, I would gladly accept, accept 100 or 200 bucks less or something on a watch if they're just easy to deal with, if they're local, that's a plus. Same. If they I'll say, Hey, I'll send you this much inclusive of fees and whatever, and call it a deal. That's it. They're not asking for what the last 10 owners of the watch were, how many times it's been serviced. I mean, 
it, oh it's, god so can we can we actually talk about the whole like how many owners like are you the first owner question yeah sure go go for it now and then i, I want to talk about paypal gifts so yeah so i mean it's like okay this isn't a car you're buying it's a watch um and you know it's like i i don't think there's as much value as the in the whole first owner thing as people think there is um you know, especially for watches that like you have full paperwork for, you know, they don't look that like they've been ever polished and you're giving them a time graph or readout and really detailed photos, you know, like what, like what, what value does it add that you are the first owner? Yeah. I've never asked someone that in my history of buying watches that that's something no. I don't care. If it's a collector piece, that's extremely rare. I can see that being, um, I can see that being valuable. And I, and I think, uh mr climber said on one of his uh one of his they just call him ben we're like that, bros yeah he said on one of his um i'm not sure if it was a video or what that he will only buy watches directly from the you know the primary source like the original owner or like one step away so if it's a dealer that bought it from an owner or something like that i mean so i don't yeah, know they, i feel like to me it doesn't watches. to me it doesn't matter um it doesn't matter I mean, at all for me I, don't, I guess I don't really you care. know. I, I care about what I'm buying. Yeah, I no. guess you like know the history of the watch, but then like, what does it matter if you look at it? No. You can see the history. So I, I mean, I go and buy like it's one of my like um, hobbies is I just pick up a whole bunch of cheap, crappy cars and I'll just fix them up and drive them for a little while, just because it's kind of interesting for me. And I like to drive around different stuff. And when I'm going to look at a car, I don't really care what the history of it is i can look at it and figure out the current state of it and mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter then what happened to it previously i mean if i if i see and feel that it's running well and i feel that it was maintained i see how it was taken care of i mean you can get the impression almost immediately when you look at a car so yeah i mean, I mean there's another question that really bothers me too. It's like, what year is the watch from? And I less, unless I have paperwork, which that's even more annoying because you clearly didn't look at the whole listing. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, I usually give the person a range from like when that model was produced. Yeah. That's um, what I would do. That's, that's the most I can do really. Um, yeah. Anyway, do you want to talk about uh, PayPal fees and like uh, the gift uh, option? Yeah. So, I actually had to explain this recently to someone as I was doing a face-to-face -face transaction with them. So I basically had to explain to them how they could have scammed me while I was in the middle of a deal, which was kind of awkward. Uh, so I was basically telling them how to scam me, <laughs> but yeah, never take PayPal gift from anyone. I think this is a pretty well-known thing. Uh, we won't spend too much time on it, but if you're like the one or two people out there in the world that don't know about this, uh, which the guy that I recently sold the watch to locally, he was one of those people. Um, if someone sends PayPal gift via a credit card, then they can call the credit card and say like, Hey, I lost my card. And that was not an authorized transaction. And yep. the credit card will reverse the charge. And in like 30, 60, 90 days, something like that, it will hit PayPal and they will, um, they have some sort of, uh, I guess, negotiation or some sort of uh, investigation with the credit card company, but pretty much the money is going to come out of your account and it's going to be two, three months in the future. 
Yeah, so then you're out of money and out of the watch. Um, and what they do I, is that they'll just make your account negative. So you can just log in one day and you'll just have like a negative several thousand dollar balance. And I mean, most people have either credit cards or bank accounts linked, so they can also try pooling straight out of your account. Um, can they do that? I've never, I've never heard of that happening. I'm actually not sure. I, I've never I experienced anyone trying to pull this on me. So, and, and you know, people, are, people always act so sort of surprised when I tell them about this, uh, this scam. And it's like yeah. you log into Watch You Seek and it's like the very first thing you see up top. It's like a link to like the popular scams. People should review that, I think. Oh, I've never seen that before. Yeah, it's like one of the ones where like people we say... Put, can we put that in the... Uh, can you send that to me? I want to put that in the uh, notes. As in like just... You don't have to send that. it to me right now, but... Yeah, yeah, I'll uh, do that. I'll put it in the notes so people can look at it because I've actually never seen that. I've been obviously on the site a lot, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, so wanna... I mean... I mean I don't think they can take money out of one of your accounts. I think what they'll do is they'll send it to collections because they have like your social security number and things like that. Right. Sign up for PayPal. Yeah. So I, I think that's what ends up happening. They can't just like deduct it from your account, but um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that I don't like about PayPal is that so even with the payment for goods and services, the transaction stays active or open for dispute like three months from when the original transaction happened. So if someone, says that the item is not described or something like that three months after you sold it to them, they can mm -hmm. technically open a dispute and immediately when they open a dispute, it puts the money on hold. So it will deduct it from your account. Yeah. It's uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's, sucks. it's very much so um, centered around the buyer. I think both, um, you know, like eBay dispute system and PayPal system. So yeah, I mean, you just have to, this is why it's good to kind of know who you're selling to, or at least, uh, you know, have, uh, for that person to have some sort of references. Although references these days are like, oh, I'll send you an email of this person that I've dealt with and it's just another email that they have. It's really stupid. I think um, having some history on a forum is really nice. Like people who have, you know, hundreds or, or thousands of forum posts and replies, you know, clearly they are into the watch thing and, you know, maybe they've dealt on the website as well so that, you know, they have some actual references from users that are publicly posted for everyone to see. I think that's better than just like, someone vouching for another person that you don't know. Yeah. So I, I've, I've had a couple of different, I mean, every deal, it gets pretty creative with how you're going to do a reference check on someone. So I'll have people that have zero posts, but they've at least been a member on the forums because it shows you that on watch you seek. Mm -hmm. uh, it will show you when they, they have been a member since. And if they've been a member for like seven years and they only have two posts, I mean, that that's obviously even better than just if they made the account six minutes ago. Mm -hmm. If they I made agree. the account like, you know, within the last few days and they have zero posts, I will almost never sell to that person. Yeah. Unless, unless they wire you. I think that's another. I'm still uh, skeptical, honestly, because yeah. I mean, there's being, there's new scams created every day, I'm sure. So I'm, I'm a little skeptical over that. Um, mm -hmm. Then there is, I've had people tell me they have eBay accounts and they could show references there, which that's sort of okay. And also, one thing you could do yeah, is you could but send like, them a message on eBay so that they if can. If you bought start. like, you know, if you bought some like toilet paper on eBay and you have positive feedback from the seller, I don't, I don't think that's. Really oh yeah. yeah. I, I look for, I look for sales, sales feedback. Yeah. Sales feedback, I think goes a long way. So yeah. I mean, if they tell me that, then I'll, I'll probably just send them a message on eBay to verify that they actually have access to the account and they can just respond to the message. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I've had people. Um, they've had no feedback, but they had other people that they've dealt with. So I'll message that person to get feedback. Mm -hmm. 
uh, what else have you had to do anything creative? Um, let's see. Um, I think, I think I just sort of like, I've Googled people's name before, um, which it's not really that useful. I don't think unless they're sort of like a, you know, they have sort of a public job or something like that, or they're, you know, uh, but sometimes people come up and, you know, it goes in line with what they've told me and things like that. Um, Mm-hmm. And, you know, their address checks out and stuff like that. You know, they're like at least from the same town or something where I'm shipping the watch. Um, but no, I usually kind of go by the, there's also another thing with like how they negotiate. If they're like a hard negotiator, I feel like they're less likely to be a scammer. Whereas when someone just agrees to your price, which happens or, but, you know, I feel like whenever someone just like agrees to your price and has, you know, zero feedback, they just created the account. That's the one I'll usually skip. Yeah, I've actually had someone do that to me recently where they have, they've had almost zero feedback before and they just agreed to my price straight up. But they were asking the right questions about the watch that made me sort of think that they were legit. But, Did that end up going okay? Yeah, it was fine. I mean, I've, to this day, I've never been scammed, I think. So uh, I, I've had, I've had <laughs> I, someone yeah. that falsely opened a dispute on an item that I sold and was like very aggressive about it. And I ended up taking a, a bit of a hit on that because I wanted to get it settled. Um, and that, that was a little bit of a, of a very scary experience. <laughs> yeah. I, I've nearly been scammed. There was actually one time where I, I bought a watch on eBay. Um, and I found uh, that the photos, um, this is actually a pretty elaborate scam. Um, I, 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 it, they nearly got me. Um, what happened was they, uh, they sent, uh, they used photos from someone else's kind of, um, account essentially it was like a Rolex GMT. Um, and I, I didn't do my, you know, due diligence and I sort of just bought it. But then I found that those photos were actually posted by, um, originally by a, a forum member that's very well known. So I, you know, emailed him asking like, Hey, are you selling this on eBay? Did you sell this on eBay? And obviously he's like, no, someone just stole my photos. And I was like, Oh, Oh no. Um, but I stay, you know, within communication with the seller and he like just wasn't replying to my messages. And a week later, he sends like, he says like, oh, sorry, I've been busy. Uh, here's your tracking number. And originally, so I'm in Massachusetts. He was from New Jersey or New York. I don't remember. And then the package was coming from California via UPS ground. This sounds and, exactly like a current deal that I'm going through right now. Yeah, you can talk about that uh, in a <laughs> okay, second. But yeah, go, go ahead. But like, it's a little different, I think, because he didn't give me like, um, it, he just gave me the tracking number. So I'm tracking this package and you know, this is like a $4,000 watch that's traveling via UPS ground from Cal- like from one side of the country to the other. So it's, you know, it's going to take more than a week. Um, so then, um, you know, I, I'm a busy guy kind of. So I usually just have my package put on hold, but I realized I wasn't able to do this one online. And I was kind of like, Hmm, this is strange. You know, I have a UPS account. I should be able to do it. Uh, so I called them and they're trying to verify my name and address and I'm, you know, telling them my name and the guy's just like, that's not what this says. That's not where it's going, but I'll still put a hold on it. And I was kind of like, wait, what? You know, it's like, you're not, you're probably not supposed to do that unless the, you know, name and address match what the person says on the phone. But I think the fact that this guy was a little bit more, uh, sort of easygoing and wasn't so strict about having, putting a hold on the package for me to pick it up is what saved me. Cause what this scammer did was he looked up a random person from my town where I lived. She was like an athlete that was like kind of like a college athlete that had like some, there were some articles about this girl on the internet and he just took her name and then he looked up like her address somehow 
and he just shipped it to her. But that's not where the thing ends. He didn't actually ship anything. He went to some like store online that sells picture frames. He bought a picture frame and he shipped it to her address. So the zip, zip code is the same. And then he, whenever he got the shipping uh, confirmation from that store where he bought the picture frame from, he just used that tracking and uploaded it into eBay. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I you know, went to UPS to pick it up, they're looking at my IDs like, this is not what it says, that we cannot even like give you the package. But I'm like, can I just at least see it, see what it looks like? And you know, it's clearly not a watch. It's like a flat box, uh, like a picture frame. Mm-hmm. So I just took photos of that as like, you know, collateral to kind of have uh, in my case against this guy. And eBay refunded my money that night, actually. You know, usually they take like a week or two for let, let the seller kind of explain themselves. But there was just so much evidence that I had um, that they just pulled the money that night. And I was yeah. so relieved. Anyway, do you want to talk about this deal that you're going through right now? Sounds kind of interesting. <laughs> it's, I mean, it sounds exactly the same as that. Uh, but the, the guy during the purchase, he said he was traveling. So I, I'm not really sure. Um, he, his address is from Florida but apparently he shipped the watch from California. He said he has homes in both locations. So I don't know. Via UPS it, ground. His, his history checks out. I mean, he has sold like um, watches and other things. So I think he's, he's legit. And he shipped it exactly when he said he would. He's um, the next morning after I purchased it. And okay. he sent me a picture of the receipt from UPS. It has my address on it and it has like the correct weight. They packaged it and it has a declaration of what the item is and the value. So I think it's pretty good. But he did ship at UPS ground, which is is pretty horrible. I cannot believe that people actually use, like, the they actually pay the UPS people to package a four thousand dollar watch, and they trust them with it. Yeah, I never Not want ju- them to see what I'm. Whenever I'm shipping a watch, I never want anyone to see what I'm shipping at the no, store it's, because I think it's they're just, just going to keep it. Draws attention to it. It's not. Yep. A smart thing same thing with like if you're shipping via usps you do not want to say uh the value of um shipment uh sort of uh shipping cost purchased because that kind of gives away that there's a lot of insurance purchased on this package yeah because uh, it gives you an option whether to display how much you paid for the label or not mm-hmm. so i usually opt out of that because i mean if if you see a package you know shipped at a hundred dollars and only weighs like three pounds that's insurance right uh, can you say that again? Uh, I mean, if you see a package that's in sh- uh, that's val- that's uh, shipped for a hundred dollars, and the package is only you know like three pounds or four pounds, it's not going to cost that much to ship it. So you, you kind of automatically think that the rest of it has to be insurance for that package. So you assume it's something valuable that's being shipped. Yeah, yeah. If you have the the cost of the shipment on there, yeah, then mm-hmm. everyone just knows. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the thing that I'm skeptical about, which it's the holiday season now, so um, it's a little bit understandable, but the person shipped it in the morning and they sent me a receipt from the UPS store, but it still hasn't been scanned in and it's been like a whole day. Uh, not really a whole day. It's been maybe, uh, let's see, like eight hours or so, which usually yeah. when the label is created, it at least creates a thing on the UPS tracking site that says the label was created. So I'm not really mm-hmm. sure how this happened. They brought it to the store. The store made a label and gave them a receipt, but it was never scanned in and the label hasn't been entered into the system. So I don't know. Well, it's probably going to be okay, but we'll see. Yeah. So I think, I think we should get it, back to the, uh, the I think if someone was trying to scam you though, 
like if someone's trying to steal the watch, they probably would have just taken it out and scanned it in as soon as possible so that it doesn't look suspicious. I, I, sometimes the scanning thing is really delayed, man. I, I wouldn't worry about that. That's actually not a concern to me. Yeah, I think it should be okay. Or uh, it could be out of like $4,000. We'll see. Yeah, I know, I this is fine. Yeah, so what was the last thing we were talking about? Uh, we had PayPal. PayPal gift and then we had... Uh, Do you want to talk about before backing that, out of deals? Yeah, I mean, I have some people that make me an offer and then I accept the offer and they never respond. That's the worst. Yeah, it happens quite often, unfortunately. Um, either that or like, um, yeah, you, you will say that like, yeah, I'm okay with that price. And then they just like never hear back or, or they'll tell you like, I'm backing out, bro. Uh, no, which I, I don't know. I have, I've never had someone that says they're backing out of the deal like that. I've had... <clears throat> I've had people that make an offer and then they just go silent forever. They never respond again. Mm. I mean, it is one of the more annoying things you can do in a watch deal. Um, I, I think, you know, someone who sells a lot is sort of used to it. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, when I say this is the price I'm willing to pay, I'm assuming that that's like a done deal. You know, like if I offer someone money, unless they take like a week to respond and I might have bought something else. That's Yeah, that, that's, that's fine. That's the only exception. Uh, but if, 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 you know, I say this is the amount I'm willing to pay and they say, okay, I assume that's like, a, that's a done deal. You can't really back out of that. You have a reputation to kind of, you know, support. Yeah. So general word, don't offer people money for something or at a particular value if you're not willing to actually pay it. Yeah. Or, or even if you're not serious about purchasing, don't even mention the price. I've had people like kind of ask me like, Hey, what's the best you could do on it? And I'll tell them, and then they're like, well, I'm not really in the position to buy it anyway. It's like, okay, then why are you wasting my time and your own time then? Yeah, maybe they have a friend that wants to buy it, and they're just feeling you out. No, they're just, they're just a waste of my time. <laughs> okay, so another thing is I've had a lot of people that message me, and they express an interest, but nothing that is like committing in any way. They don't say, like, hey, I'm going to pay you tomorrow or I'm going to pay you now. Um, they're just interested. And then when the item sold, uh, get, sorry, when the item sells and becomes sold uh, and I mark the item as sold, they, they kind of get a little upset that the item sold and, you know, they didn't have the chance to pay me yet. What do you, Dude, how do you feel about this? I actually feel really great when that happens. I, I really love when that happens to people. Cause it's like, you could have had this watch very easily. Like I gave you, so much time to think about it and you know you, you had plenty of opportunity to buy it and then you know once it sells they're like oh they're all like upset as if you did something wrong yeah so I, I mean if the money is not in my account then you have not purchased the watch well, Unless, hold if on. you tell me you're gonna pay me like hey i'm coming home from work at this time and i'm gonna send you the money at 6 p.m or something you know something like that then that's fine yeah no i, I think that's fine if you have an agreement to pay um you know, I consider the watch sold out. I wouldn't, you know, even talk to anyone else about, you know, potentially making a deal. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's funny. I've, I've had people like, uh, I've dealt with people where like I offered them the watch multiple times and they're like, no, 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 I don't want, it. I don't want it. And they don't sell it to someone else. And then, um, you know, they might see it on like Instagram or somewhere else. And then it's just like, shit, I should have bought it, you know? Um, and I'm just kind of like, well, 
you had a shot that what can I do for you? You know, not my problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know the, um, uh, yeah. What are you going to do? We should only pretty much buy and sell stuff from and to each other. I mean, sometimes that's the easiest, but then, you know, um, Sometimes, but you don't want to like, you know, when you're selling a watch to a friend, you, you, you don't, you want to give them a really good price. You want to give them like a friend price. And often the times that's just not feasible. Maybe. I don't like, know. I, I, I don't think. Like I, I've never made any money on any watch I sold to you. Let me think. What have I, I sold? I don't the think, Reverso? I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. Hold on. The Reverso. What have I sold you in the past? Breitling. Well, that was a trade. So kind of oh, hard to tell. You made money on that for sure. Oh no! Well, yeah, because I saw you, you traded me a Leica, like easy to sell. Um, I don't know. I, I think you've made out well. Yeah. So I've I've also uh, actually going back on that on that. Um, there's some people that I I mean I work very quickly. I'm constantly answering PMs within like two minutes. Mm-hmm. And I have people that message me and they're, I can tell they're usually like older dudes and they're just a little bit slower in their life. So they, they, like they're, they don't have any sense of urgency. It's just watches, you know? Um, so if uh, this goes with buying or selling, if I'm buying something and I ask for photos or whatever, uh, you know, they'll say, okay, I'll send you photos tomorrow when I have the watch in front of me. <laughs> And you have to wait a whole day. And then for selling, I had someone offer me a trade recently and he sounded like he had some cool stuff. And I was like, okay, you know, can you tell me what you have? And he said, okay, I'll, I'll let you know tomorrow. I'll, I'll give you a call tomorrow. And the watch ended up selling before he even called me back. So, and then mm-hmm. once, once the watch was listed as sold, then he, you know, was quick to say, oh, like, you know, can you call me? I want to talk about this because I was pretty interested in the watch. So, yeah, I mean, this is the thing with, I think, watch buying and selling. Um, I think a lot of us, if they if they, if we see that a deal is fair and, and, you know, possible to be done, I think a lot of us will just go for it because we know that if we pass on this deal, sometimes there's just not another person for a while that wants to buy the watch. It depends what it is. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, we don't like sitting on a watch that we're selling for a long time. Like my Credor, um, the watch had an msrp of like 35 grand and i um, i have it now listed for six and a half and it's like the one person that wants to pay me that is in the uk and he wants me to ship it with no insurance um you know so that he avoids uh like customs and i'm just kind of like i thought about it i'm like it's not that's not the safest thing to do here i think i'm just gonna you know pass on it and you know he told me like oh that's okay and then uh he said uh he said like, Oh, you know, you should probably, you know, like release the watch from hold for me so that, you know, if someone else comes by and I, I didn't reply to that, I got busy. And then like a week later, she's just like, well, considering you haven't replied, I'm withdrawing my offer. I'm like, you know, this deal has been off the table for like a week. I, th- I thought it was assumed when you said, you know, for me to release it. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, dude, I'd actually didn't reply just in my head. All right. So let's see. We're, we're coming up on. Oh, holding. We, I just mentioned holding. You want to talk about holding? Well, that was sort of, that was sort of my, uh, my, my stance on holding is that if someone explicitly requests that 
I hold something for X amount of time. I mean, if it's like two weeks, I'm not going to do that. I'll tell you no. But if someone says, can you wait an hour? Sure. But oh, yeah, if, it's, yeah. if it's unspoken, I don't hold the watch. If money, if someone sends money to my account, they own the watch. I mean, I've had people ask me if I can hold something for like, I think a week or two before. I think when it comes to uh, like a long hold like that, I ask for a deposit because like I've, it's like 80% chance they're going to back out in my experience. Yeah. And I've had people, you know, do that. They send me a deposit and then they back out like a week later and I feel bad. And I, like I've had, there was a time where I actually send back, back to the deposit. I'm like, what's well, fine. Like, I don't, I don't really do deposits. If someone asks me for a deposit, I mean, I'll say, Hey, listen, I'll hold the watch for you. <laughs> but if someone comes with money, I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to sell it to them, which means I'm basically not holding the watch. For you're basically, <laughs> so you're not, Hey, I'm going to hold the watch for like, you, Listen, but I'm not going to do it. I will consult with you first. If someone basically tries to buy my watch, but oh, okay. I see. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to let you know if someone's trying to buy it, but if they're going to send me money and you still need five more days to send me money, then um, I'm going to take the deal. And that's probably not the best way to work, but I mean, I don't think I usually don't have repeat buyers. So I, or at least enough to where I need to worry about being, you know, very customer service oriented and you know, I'm, I'm not a store, I'm not a retail store. So I just need to sell the damn watch. Right. Yeah. So we're coming up on, on time here. So I just wanted to maybe go quickly on a few different things. Sure. Uh, so international deals, what, what's your take on international and try to be fairly concise. Yeah, I've done them. It depends who it is. It depends whether they're willing to wire me money. If it's someone who has a lot of history on the forum and like, I know them dealt with them, you know, stuff like that. No problem. I, I do not have any issue doing it. The problem comes with when, um, you know, the seller, uh, sorry, the buyer doesn't want to pay customs, um, you know, fees mm -hmm. on the yeah. item coming like into their country. List it in a weird way, declare it in a weird, weird way. Yeah. And like, I don't, I don't do that. I think it's like, you can't insure it if you only declare, you know, if you declare a hundred bucks, you can only insure for a hundred dollars. And that's when the problem comes in. Um, if yeah. it's more expensive watches, I tend to not do international deals at all. Um, unless it's again, someone I've dealt with in the past, um, you know, oftentimes people will have us shipping addresses. They have someone who lives here or like a forwarding yeah. service. I've had that happen. No problem. If, especially if they have a good history, um, I have no issues with that. All right. Yeah. Same. I'll ask people if they have someone in the U S that they know, like a friend that I can ship it to. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if it's, if it's in like a random place, I'll just ask them to cover some very good shipping method, like, you know, like a FedEx priority with like, mm -hmm. the best tracking or something like that, mm -hmm. then I just need them to pay for that. Or at least, uh, you know, I'll maybe deduct what I would normally pay on shipping from that cost. Uh, so usually it doesn't work out because they don't want to pay $200 to ship the item, but there right. have been cases where it's a, a particular item that they, they can't find. So, uh, you know, that will work out, but that's my take on that. Yeah, sure. I think we're pretty similar on that. Um, yeah. So returns and potentially buyer's remorse. Have you ever had someone that gets a watch and they're just unhappy with it? Yes. Um, and, and for both of those reasons, I think when it comes to, you know, like returns for a reason that, you know, maybe I didn't notice a defect on the watch. That's absolutely like no problem. I've done it quite a few times actually. 
uh, probably not that many, probably three or four times. Like there was like a speck of dust on the dial that I didn't notice, um, stuff like that, you know? And then I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I didn't describe that. If it's significant, um, I'll definitely take the watch back. And I've covered shipping back and I did a full refund for guys or, you know, I've, um, stuff like that. I think that's fine. You know, it's like you're accountable for your listing. Um, you have to sort of stand by it. And I think that's totally perfectly acceptable to take a return and for someone to ask for a return or a partial refund if it's something not as described. Um, when it comes to buyer's remorse, I mean, I've had people kind of message me about that, but it's like, okay, well, so there's nothing wrong with the watch. It's exactly as I described it. And you agreed to the price that we agreed on. So I can't really do much. Um, it doesn't happen very often though. I don't know. What's your I think, experience? I think if that's the case, I've never had someone for buyer's remorse, but I think if that's the case, I'd probably ask for a small fee, like a restocking fee or something. Um, and then mm. just try and sell it to someone else. It, it depends on the watch. Um, you know, if it's something that's pretty hard to sell and then they get it and they're unhappy and I don't think that I could sell it for a, a long time, then mm-hmm. I mean, it would have to be a pretty good restocking fee or I probably just would really be adamant that they keep the item. Um, yeah. So, but as far as returns, I mean, I, I try to make sure that there are no returns based on my, you know, I, I, my photos or, or something. Uh, if, if I truly missed something, which has never happened to me before, um, then I would take it back. You know, if it, if it was truly something that was my fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So moving on from that, uh, let's see. Yeah. So one thing I think that's a pretty good, um, pretty good question to ask when you're buying a watch um, or at least yeah so questions in general if there's if there are really crappy photos ask for a few more photos and usually the best way is just via text that's fast um, mm-hmm. it's easy they can just send them with their phone but I don't ask a whole bunch of questions you know I, I, I need to know the condition and what comes with the watch that's pretty much it and but when yeah. I'm selling, I like to provide people with a, like a time grapher measurement, um, you know, like a very detailed description of how it's running. And if you're, if you're selling a piece for, for anyone out there, it's, it's pretty good to have because it gives buyers the comfortability of, um, you know, I know this watch doesn't need a service. I know it's running well. And it almost has nothing to do with the age of the watch because I've had new Rolexes that run, you know, 15 seconds fast. And I've had... 20 year old watches that are haven't haven't been serviced and they run perfectly uh as far yeah. as timekeeping so you know they probably needed a service in you know how you'd normally define uh yeah but i've also found that you know I, I, and i do this too uh for for a lot of watches whenever i can actually um but i've also found that a lot of people are like extremely sort of um just like I, I like recently I was selling a watch and the person asked me, he's like, Oh, how, how does it run? It was a 20 year old watch. And we already had a price agreed on. And I told him like, Oh, you know, like clearly in my listing, I said no service history on it. I don't know what the service history of this watch was. I've only owned it for like a year. Um, I told him, I think it was gaining like 12 seconds and the amplitude was a 270, which for this model, I believe is still in the healthy region. Like it's not like absolutely horrendous. Bad. if you get in the lower two hundreds then you're pretty bad. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I thought it was actually pretty good. Um, you know, the, the watch was a, a COSC chronometer originally, but, you know, no service history. Like, I thought it was part of the agreement. And he backed out of the deal over that. He said that 12 seconds is unacceptable um, and that he thought he was buying a watch that doesn't need service. <laughs> so that was like, well, okay. Um, 
It doesn't I, technically need service. Um, it depends I mean, on how you think about think about it. I guess. I mean, I would consider that as being pretty acceptable. Um, if it's yeah, a that's what watch, I thought that's too. Acceptable, but like a vintage watch, even if it kept great time when it was new, I mean, you can, I don't think you can always expect it to keep amazing time. Unless yeah. you're sending it in for service often and, you know, replacing parts, et cetera. And, and, you know, I think he was just trying to get a better deal. And then I think he offered 70. It was like he, he lowered the price by $500. And then I was kind of like, well, I don't really want to sell it for this much. And then I started thinking about it and I just decided to keep the watch. And I, and I was just, I'm like so happy I did that because I, I don't think that guy deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last thing. Last thing. Um, now, this is a pretty big topic i guess especially with watches uh but let's see if we can condense it down to uh, a few points but trades trading watches i used to never do them yeah um i've done a few recently and it's like yeah it 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 can be if you're looking for something that is uh, it it's never usually because i want something that other person has it's yeah. usually only because like oh okay well this trade financially makes sense to me so i'll do it I think that if you're someone that wants something and you don't have the cash to buy it, obviously, if you have the cash, just make them an offer and sell it and buy it because you're going to get the best price that way. And I always tell people that if someone offers me a bunch of crap I don't want, then I end up telling them, here's the deal. I mean, I'm going to, I can do it, but I'm just going to sell your watches and I'm going to need to, uh, you know, basically have, get them at good prices. I, I, I told, I tell them, I would prefer that you made me a cash offer and I would sell to you and I would even, you know, probably take a bit off of the asking price if you yeah. did so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but you know, for a trade then. Especially when someone's offering you like five watches for yeah. one watch, think about like how much work it's going to be to sell all of those individually. Yeah. So yeah. generally if you're doing a trade, I mean, if it's pretty hard to find one watch that you have that the other guy wants and then you want his watch. Uh, that's that's pretty rare. rare. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't, it doesn't happen in my, yeah, in my experience. That's never happened. It's always someone is making money on the deal and that's why the trade occurs or they think they're making money or they think they're breaking even getting a good trade or potentially taking something that's not very liquid and breaking even, but for something that is liquid, uh, mm -hmm. which that that's a good strategy. Also, um, if, if you have something that's hard to sell and then you sell it, you trade it, you know, for an equally valued item that is very easy to sell that sometimes that's easy. Uh, that's a good, good way to go. But um, yeah, you know, it all, it all depends. Um, I'm trying to think of if I've ever done a trade for something I actually want. No, I, I don't <laughs> think so. And I've done, it, it goes both ways. I was like, I've seen things I wanted in the past and I wasn't in a great position to make an offer. So I'd make like trade offers and I don't think anyone's ever said, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. 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 You have to make it extremely favorable for the other person. I think for them to be able to do it. Yep. Uh, yeah. If you're yeah. the person that's offering the trade, then, I mean, you're, you have no negotiating uh, position whatsoever. So, yeah. All right. I think, I think we made it within our time limit today. Good podcast, dude. I think this was pretty good. So let us, let us know what you think. Uh, hit up Merrick on, on Instagram. Oh, for sure. And uh, yeah. Nice, nice chat. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks Joe. All right. Talk to you later.